podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, lovely listener, to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 280, and I'm Trev Denny, podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. Um, I am joined this week by Carl Kopak, by Cam Branch, and producer Guy Drinkle in the background. The whole gang's back together, um, which is nice. So we're going to do a bit of a chat about all things Liverpool and whatever the hell else we decide we want to include in that. To that end, I have a very specific thing that I want to do at the start of the show, but I'll do the usual um, polite thing and uh, say hello to everybody first. Um, customer, you start with you, Carl. How are you getting on? Not bad, not bad. I have a quote this week after last week when you threw it at me and uh, <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't prepared in the slightest because I didn't think we were doing that. Uh, would you like to hear my quote? Lovely. It's this. Cause basically, because I've seen the film again this week and I can't believe I haven't covered it already. Especially important is the warn is is the warning to avoid conversations with the demon. We may ask what is relevant, but anything beyond that is dangerous. He is a liar. The demon is a liar. He will lie to confuse us, but he will also mix lies with the truth to attack us. The attack is psychological, Damien, and powerful. So don't listen to him. Remember that. Do not listen. Good advice from Max von Sydow, I think. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you you watched it again. I was very tempted to watch it again myself during the week. Myself and my kid were looking for a good horror movie to watch, uh, and it always does the trick. Uh, what in, what inspired you to watch that? Um, I bought it, and she'd never seen it before, and I said, "Well, I watch it with her." <laughs> just, just, just <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those sort of things. Yeah. There's also another man. Do you think it's straight after this where uh, where Kara says to him? Um, I think it might help if we give you some background uh, of the multiple personalities that Reagan has. So far, there's three, and Mary just goes, there's one. And it just turns away. Yeah, there's one, mate. It's the devil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I have to say, um, the first time I saw that, I'd, I wasn't, wasn't really a horror movie buff when I was a kid. In fact, they genuinely scared me. I, I wasn't really interested in watching horror movies. I think they affected me psychologically uh, in a way that I wasn't comfortable with. So I think I was I was something like nineteen twenty watching that, and it was a re obviously a re show um, in a really dingy little grotty um, uh, suburban cinema in Dublin, uh, in which I, I kid you not, halfway through the show there was some scuffling in the corner and a rat skittled across the front of said cinema. Um, so needless to say, that really added to the whole level of trepidation and sort of unsettling atmosphere. But I don't know what you think, Carl, but for me, it's not about, I mean, obviously the, the, the things that people know about it and the things you hear all these modern horror movies fans saying, it's not scary. It's just a head going around. It doesn't even look real. That, that's got nothing to do with what's oh God, scary. No, no, that's not even the scariest bit. It's, it's, it's yeah, like, but what's scary? I don't know, we're talking about The Exorcist, everyone, in case no one's got this yet. Yeah, what's scary about that film is 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 the ideas it, it puts in your head. The concept of possession is fucking terrifying. That's, right. that's that's just all there is to it. That's about it's about faith. If you if you if you slip, then the something will grab you. So it's about Karras has lost the faith, isn't it? Because what happened to his mum? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, the, the demon, that's why he says that because the demon went for that straight away by you know. Throwing out his mum, the, the voice of his dead mother. 
Stop. Yeah, we've we've gotten off to a lovely cheery start here, uh, talking about uh, faith and possession and all that kind of thing, and it leads me right to our second regular guest, Cam Branch. Well, I was going to say I I watched Exorcist when I was about twelve years old, and um, oh, that freaked the, freaked the shit out of me, and I oh, don't think God. I don't think I watched a horror film again. For about 25, 30 years, genuinely. Yeah, I just I get couldn't that. bring myself, to, I just oh. couldn't do it. You know, oh. the, 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 the her coming off the bed and her head spinning around and the vomit, the way it was coming out, and, you know, the, the priest, everything about it was just, oh, it was, it was too much for a 12, 13 year old. Whatever. <laughs> for me, it's the line you, when, when the head spin for the first time and she says, you see what she, you see what she did to your canting daughter. In, in the director's voice, I was like, "Oh, hello! Now, now we've got something." Yeah, that's that's beyond jarring. That's yeah. beyond jarring. And these are the things I think, as an adult, that you just go, "Oh Christ, that really gets me." But I think as a, as a kid, Cam, watching that stuff, the more visceral stuff, that really, that's obviously that sticks with you. It's like, "Oh, this is so wrong," and so many yeah. else. I, I can't imagine being that age and watching that. It would have been horrific. Oh no, 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 no. It was a birthday the, party. <laughs> I wasn't the only one. Oh my God! What age was the child? Six hundred and sixty-six. Bloody hell! Bloody hell! Was the kid called Damien? Please tell me the kid was called Damien. Close, Deepak. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> of course, of course. Just the cultural equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very much, very much. Uh, I had a little quote actually. Oh, lovely. Um, it's, I don't know where we, I have no idea which way the show is going. It may be apt, it may not be. So, um, considering the conversations we've been having in the WhatsApp the last few days, um, I think it may be apt. So, football is a simple game, complicated by David Cunt. I mean, Coot, I mean, man. <laughs> I, it, you know, it's just dawned on me. We've really gone off the deep end right at the start of this family show, haven't we, with the language? I'm so two, sorry, two, listeners. Two before we started. Lovely. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, listeners. I can't I can't be responsible for these two. Um, but yes. Yeah, we not started yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, 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 uh, would you, would you, let me ask you a simple question. Would you like to talk about that? Because... I, I get the feeling, Carl Wood. I, I I thought I was done with it, but I've got more to say. Should we should we talk about this later in the show? Well, we can touch on it certainly. Okay, it's good. It's um, it was totally your call. I'm I'm, I'm leaving that. That's Cam's made that decision. We are going to touch on that subject. What I want to do at the start is I have a little I have a little question for you guys off the back of this clip. Um, the clip will inspire the question, um, and I want you to be thinking just in general about the idea of languages, and this is where we're going to go with this now. Um, so bear with me here. For I know, I know, I know what this is. This is, I spoke to you about last week. Yeah, I've seen it. I've actually heard it before, haven't you? Yeah, I spoke to you about, about putting it on this week. This is, this is a, a tremendous man in terms of his artistic output, Werner Herzog, and he's being asked at the start here about the languages that he speaks. And as an aspiring polyglot who never got there, 
this really sticks in my craw and makes me feel bad about myself as a person. Um, and that might be something to do with what I'm going to be asking you guys in a minute. So uh, here we go with Werner. Just an insp- inspiration little, uh, <laughs> little sequence for a minute and a half. Stick with it. How many languages do you speak, uh, Werner? Uh, not too many. I mean, Spanish, English, German. And then I spoke modern Greek better than English once. I even made a film in modern Greek. But that's because in school I learned uh, Latin and ancient Greek. So from ancient Greek to modern Greek, it's not that far. And I do speak some Italian and uh, I do understand French, but I refuse to speak it. It's the last thing you... I I would ever do. You can only get some French out of me with a gun pointed at my head or, or something like that. Then I would speak French. It actually happened to me. I was uh, taken prisoner in Africa and drunk soldiers on a truck, all of them 15, 16 years old, some of them 8, 9 years old, and I mean really scared. One pointing a, a, a gun here, Kalashnikov, another one here and another one here, there. So that was very unpleasant because they were all drunk and some of the little ones were stoned. And I tried to explain that they probably arrested the wrong ones and the captain of them shouts at me, on nous parle français ici. Here we are speaking French, so I had to say a few things in French. I regret it. Now, what may have escaped you in that little, very interesting uh, anecdote from Werner, such a typical Werner Herzog story, um, is that I think that totals nine languages, yeah. uh, which to me is just, it's it's uh, it's beyond aspirational for me. I thought at one stage I might reach that. I don't think that's going to happen now. Um I, th- I I I I've started to teach myself Spanish. I can I can speak French. I can speak English. Obviously, I can speak Gaelic. Um, and I have uh, got a little bit, small bit of Italian, which I should have pursued and didn't. I abandoned it. Um, so I feel a little bit. Oh, I've and I, and I do actually speak Latin. Uh, not that anybody else speaks it, but I do know Latin. So I had this uh, hope at one stage that I just keep building and building them, but you know, life got in the way. Anyway, the question I've got for you to today to start us off is a nice cultural tip, you know, uh, what languages do you have? And can you, can you say something for us, whether inspirational or not in a language other than English? Is that possibility for either of you? Yes. Lovely. Uh, Carl, can you? Mm, uh, I, c- I can get by in a few languages, but I'm not not to the point where I can speak fluently. I can get right. by. In, I can get by in Italian in Rome. Okay, okay. I've got uh, Latin as well, and that helped. Right. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You could. You could get. You could get by looking at a menu. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Looking for directions, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, in terms of being able to gift us something there in a in a in a different tongue than English, see if you can see if anything comes to mind. And in the meantime, Cam, what were you going to say to us, and what language are you going to say it in? Um, well, not that I can say anything you want me to cons- 
want me to say. Uh, I'd like to think I can speak a little bit of my mother tongue. Not very well, mind, but um, I can just about get by at home speaking the mother tongue. So if first thing in the morning, I'll, 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 I'll say to the mum, why would you go to and then I go, Kadama, this pussy tika. And my mum will reply, Hanji, me tika, And I'll reply, Hanji, ma, me tika. So, um, so the Waigurji Kakalsa, Waigurji Kifate, that is um, like. That's really harsh, Cam. You can't talk to your mum like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's like saying, that's the religious way of saying hello. Okay. So my mum is a full practicing Sikh. So um, that's how I always, uh, not that you just address full practicing Sikhs that way, you should address every Sikh that way, but we tend to just address full practicing Sikhs that way. And then I'll, uh, I'll, I asked her how she was, and she said she was okay, then she would ask how I was, and then I'd say, yeah, I'm okay as well. So um, my father spoke four languages, wrote, wrote and could read and write in four languages. Uh, so obviously Punjabi, English, what else? Uh, Hindi and Urdu. Wow. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah, Hindi. The, the Hindi, Punjabi, and Urdu have a lot of similarities in in the spoken sense. In the written sense, obviously, there was quite a bit of difference between the three. Right. Okay. Um, and aside from those sort of formal greetings and that type of thing, um, that would be the extent of of your speaking of it. But you'd be able to you'd be able to understand if you if if, yeah, if there, if there was mean, a conversation going on, you'd be able to. I I I I can, but I'm not very good. Um, as you'll probably know from the abuse I get on Desi, um, my Punjabi is not as good as it should be. Uh, when I was really really, really young, my um, my dad went to India for about six months and we were living in a small town called Loughborough at the time. And what happened was we moved to Bradford for six months while my dad was in India. And um, we were living with my auntie and uncle there and everybody in the household was just speaking Punjabi. And I was only about three or four and I came back and I could speak really, really good Punjabi then. Apparently that's what I've been told. And then I went to nursery, went to school, and all I spoke was English. For the rest of my life, I literally only spoke English, very little Punjabi, in it, and it just disappeared from me. So I just know really basics. You know, I've got the basics, and um, I can I get by at home. I speak. I have a conversation with my mum all you know all day, no problems. Um, it's not in depth. I don't understand. Um, um, Bhangra music, you know, Bhangra songs and stuff like that, you know, which is a, or Punjabi folk songs or anything like that. Um, it just goes off in my head. I'll be honest with you. I'll be sat there. Uh, people will be, will be speaking, and a lot of it, a lot of the words I won't understand. I'll get the gist of the the conversation, but there'll be certain words I don't know. So um, yeah, but you know, um, my kids the. My my daughters they all speak it really well. The boy doesn't. He's trying. The the girls have learnt it from listening to music. Yeah, I I, I have to say my my exposure <laughs> my exposure to Punjabi has been so cliched. I wanted to know all the swear words, so I did, <laughs> I did get I did get a bundle of them. Um, but between yourself uh, and Harinder at one point, um, 
I remember, I don't know if I can even say these, actually. Maybe I better not say them. <laughs> I remember, what I remember, happened to the family show? I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, I, I'm sorry, but you, you, you made a balls of that quite early on. So uh, <laughs> anyone who's left now is of an age. Uh, yeah, but I do remember, I remember a few of them. I might sprinkle them into the conversation later on. Carl, were you struck by inspiration of any Italian that you love to say? Uh, kilometro pomodori, non troppo maturi. Okay, well, is that then for a benefit or non uh, I have a kilo and a half of tomatoes, but not too ripe, please. <laughs> niche, niche, yeah. Carl, I have to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I want, I want to bless you all with a, a little piece of um, Gaelic poetry um, just to get this show rolling into our conversation about the Reds. I'm going to start talking about Jamie Carragher in a moment. And actually, <laughs> this, 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 I don't know why, but this, um, this came to mind last night as I watched uh, Jamie Carragher um, stitch up Connor Cody on TV. And it is this, Goditi the Vogerly Diet, Iha the Vanish, which is, like I say, a beautiful poetic saying, which means may your balls fall off on the night of your wedding. Um, <laughs> we, we, we are truly blessed with uh, an array of rich, rich uh, curses, um, Oscailga. Uh, so I, I want to talk about that. Um, it's like front show, front row. This show, isn't it, from Radio Four, yeah. the Arts and Culture magazine? It really very, is very it's similar. It's highbrow. It's highbrow. Yeah. Um, I want to talk briefly about this character thing because um, I was a couple of people pushed back against what I was saying and, and thought I was making too much of it, um, pointing to the fact that um, he knows Cody and they're both scousers and all the rest of it, but. I had, my take on it was if my best friend had tried to do for for the record for those of you who don't know uh, Connor Cody comes on after the game um, they've just won Wolves he's done well he's the captain of Wolves and he says uh, Carragher tells him that Jurgen Klopp has mentioned his name as a possible replacement for uh, Virgil Van Dijk now, a it's in shit taste anyway B I I, I don't care what anyone thinks is Scouser's going to want to play for Liverpool. And you couldn't help but think there might be a bit of truth. And even if you know it's probably a wind-up, I think if my best friend did that to me, I'd want to punch him in the face. So I felt, I just thought it was a terrible stitch-up to the, to the fella. Um, like I say, one or two people thought I was over-egging that. And, you know, it's all scouts, it's all good good banter and all the rest. And my, my take is, yeah, that's not good banter. That's just not good banter. That's and and it's 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 sorry were you disagreeing, Carl? Sorry, I, I, I just I just had persiflage. Yeah, well, yeah, it's it's not even good persiflage. It's just it's just not funny, and it's it's more evidence of of Cara turning into a sky person, and I just didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. I mean, I don't know if either if you have a strong opinion one way or the other, but I wanted to mention it. Did anyone chime in there on that? Well, I, I said this week that I'm I'm sick to death of the Carragher Neville thing. It's just not being acute a long time ago, to be honest. Go back to eight each other, lads. It's what we're best at. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think he is, Cam, a bit of a doody or perhaps a panchode. <laughs> <laughs> You've set the whole thing up just for that. No, I just, it just, I was, I was hanging on to those ones. I, they're the two I remember. Uh, I, I don't, did, did you watch that, Cam? Did you give it that? Um, I, I I did see the uh, the exchange. Well, what Tara said, and uh, you could see Cody actually 
for a split second believed him. Yeah, that's that's why that was shit. Yeah, and 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 it shows a lot of naivety on uh, Cody's part as well because he should know perfectly well Klopp would never come out in public and mention any players that he's interested in for a start. So the fact that Cody believed him sort of showed um, how naive he was as well. But no, you could see Carrie was just trying to be funny. Um, and it, it could go both ways. It could it could come across as funny. It could come across as just being an, an A1 arsehole. Um, I think Cara, I think one of the main reasons Cara was employed by Sky initially was to have that rivalry with Neville, the Liverpool-Man United thing. Mm. And Cara's gone completely away from that. He's he's just showing he's just trying to be that neutral pundit, and it's not working. Yeah, uh, it, it, I, like I say, he just he seems to be becoming more and more of a company man. I saw his, his defensive Pickford uh, just rang hollow. It, yeah, it just rang really hollow to me. I mean, there's no. It, I just and I'm I'm not looking for people to want some of the stuff that I was seeing. I like I, look, people can are free to react whatever the hell way they want. But whether it's a politician that you detest, a human being that you detest, a footballer who's after crocking your favourite player in a horribly cynical fashion, the amount of people who they think it's okay to go out and wish death on fellow humans, either just in a kind of sanctimonious tweet or in a direct threat to said person, society's getting sicker, lads. I don't care what anyone says. I mean, that's just not okay behavior. But the opposite of it then was the the sort of like flagrant defense. I mean, he's not that kind of lad bullshit the cargo was coming out with. I couldn't, I couldn't stomach that at all. I mean, it leads us into a different topic that I want to get a take from both of you on, where Liverpool and Man United are not rivals. In fact, Liverpool and Man United now are seen as equal bad guys. Uh, are we the baddies now? Um, basically, uh, is the setup as we have this story that broke over the last 24 hours or so about this prospective European Super League. Uh, we need to talk about this because it is something that could be a kite flying exercise uh, or could be very real indeed. Um, and I suppose where I want to go with it is that. <laughs> the response from from um, elsewhere in football is as you would expect. It was, it would be for the previous thing. The what was the pro- project? What was it called? Um, project um, big picture. Big picture. I mean, yeah. th- there was there was a visceral uh, negative reaction against the likes of Liverpool and and, and Manchester United for that. Um, seen as as being sort of power grabbing and all the rest of it this has really underlined it and i've seen the same type of attacks but i, I gotta say i've got very mixed feelings about this um most of them are negative um but i'd rather hear what you guys have to think on it so i've just been chatting to cam i'll come back to you on it carl where do you stand on this whole idea of this concept even just before we even go into the nitty-gritty of it it's not going to work for a start because it's not that it's not going to get the back and it needs i just wish liverpool to stop doing silly things like that I mean, it, it does put us on the... I mean, I wrote about it last week about, about you know, the, the initial thing. And it's like, sound like I'm, I'm not saying this just to be, you know, contrary or, you know, non-progressive or something like that. But can we not sort of suggest things which stop me going to the match? I'm, I'm not going to do it because I'm, I, I wouldn't, I'm not interested in the European Super League because I'm selfish and I want to go to Europe. I want to go to away games. And I can't do that when Amsterdam every two weeks. I can't do that. I can't go to Germany. I can't go, you know, I, I want to go and 
I like Liverpool playing against teams I can get to. And it also suggests that we're better than everybody else. And I can't stand that. It really annoys me that sort of, yeah, but we're big now because we've won the league. So we're going to, no, stop, stop that now. Don't do that. You know, you've won one league in 30 years. Let's not, let's not throw ourselves above that, above that just yet, shall we? Mm. There's, no, there's no need for it at all. It, and mm. it's, it's greed again. It's just simple fucking greed. It's 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 absolutely that. It's clearly all about crunching numbers. It's a business decision. You will have people who you love and whose opinions you respect who will tell you that it's absolutely naive uh, in the extreme for Liverpool not to make sure that their elbows are jostling at that table, Carl. Um, regardless of who's setting the table, because a club of our size, blah blah blah, you know what people will say, and you, you can just you can hear now the rational arguments they're going to make. Yeah, but we play we play in this league, and I love the fact that Liverpool play in this league because I get to go and watch them, and it's just everything else is just. I mean, uh, Gareth Roberts made a really good point on Twitter before he said the greatest thing about European games is that they're rare. You wait for them to come, and then suddenly they're there. You know, ne- ne- you know. Tomorrow we're playing. Uh, well, by the time this comes out, today possibly we are playing at Ajax. We've not played at Ajax since we did a preseason friendly, from what my memory anyway. Um, it's a rare thing, so you look forward to it when it happens. It's something special. Not every two weeks. Mm. Then it becomes something else. Then it's just like it's 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 like going on a snooker tour with the matchroom mob. You know, it, it should be a treat to play these people every now and then, not all the time. And also, and th- this isn't. As a criticism of Americans or anything like that. Lads, stop messing around with the game. It's it's Liverpool's game. You know, when when they came in, one thing I didn't want them to do, but then that's was mess around with Liverpool. Let's just just can we just stay in our league, please, and win another league? Because that's not easy. So when when we do that, it's a nice thing. I don't I don't like the idea of like, oh, we won two big trophies now. Now we're better than everyone else, and now we're going to jump off and do this. Mm-hmm. I like. I like this take from Carl uh, Cam about um, losing touch with what the most important thing is, which is people getting to go to a game, um, getting to travel to away games and all that kind of stuff. Now, there's no uh, inc- a, a definite take on whether or not the Premier League would cease to be or whatever, or whether Liverpool would stop playing in domestic league. That's not necessarily, uh, like I say, it's a kite-flying exercise at this stage. No, there's not really a whole lot of confirmed detail it's all very nebulous uh where do you stand on it because again like i say there are very valid reasons for a, a club of liverpool stature to say look if if there's a big move getting made we've got to be included and like i say would be naive not to be um but i do get what carl's saying as well in that like you know we're just we're just kind of finding our feet again here and uh, uh looking like we could have a spell of dominance in a domestic situation that we all love because it means in normal times when it's not this bullshit poxy um covid drama um we can go and see our team yeah i mean just to counteract one thing carl said about you know liverpool are suddenly doing this now because we won the league these talks have been probably going on for three, four, five years now. It's not something that's just happened overnight. Um, so this was before we, you know, probably even went to Kiev. These talks have probably been going on. It's not something that they've just drummed up in the last, you know, few months because of uh, COVID or anything like that. And about where can we suddenly recoup millions from because we've, we've been losing money. 
Well, yeah, um, that's it. The concept's been kicking around for over a decade. Oh, yeah, but yeah. this is why the Champions League format was changed originally from straight knockout to yeah. a league, yeah. because the idea was to counteract what was initially, was it the G7 clubs or 14, whatever they used to call them, and they were always talking about a, a Super League. So the idea of the new, the, the revamp Champions League, which was initially two group stages and then the knockouts, and then they knocked it down to one group stage because it was too many games. Um, so the, that's why UEFA have always wanted, you know, they're happy with the Champions League set up the way it is. As to an actual European Super League, I think ultimately it's probably going to happen one day because it's been kicking around for so long. And whether we like it or not, money dictates, money rules. It's completely about money. And if suddenly there's a load of money available, these big clubs, they're going to hold the power and they're going to say, right, we're going to leave. We don't care. The, The UEFA Champions League, I think, the current... For format or deal or whatever with the TV companies is till 2022. So nothing's going to happen till then anyway, or 2024, one or the other. I can't, I'm not sure of the exact date. You know, somebody will put, can put me right on that. So nothing's going to happen for a couple of years, two, three years anyway. Um, I, I, like, I, I, like what, I like what Carl said about going to see games here. The fact that you look forward to playing the Barcelonas, the Real Madrids, the Juve's, the Bayern Munichs, when it happens, you, you want that in, in the knockout stages or a group stage. You, you know, that, that brings excitement to the competition. To suddenly be playing them every week, then, then it will suddenly become, after time, that will become diluted. It might go the other way, you know. It might go, do you know what? We're going to do a Super League with Barnsley. Yeah, we get to go to, I forgot what their ground's called. That's going to annoy me. Oakwell. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I might just go the other way. We're going to join the Super League with Sheffield United, Rotherham and Barnsley because it's just six of us are playing Ajax up all the time. Yeah. Another <laughs> thing that annoyed me with this uh, new potential European Super League is there's no relegation, there's no promotion. Yeah. So once you're yeah. in, you're in. You're making... So what you're saying is we're better than everybody else and fuck okay. the rest of you. And, what, and, what it is, what that, it is... Yeah, it, it's, it's exposing... It's exposing the corporate um, side of things to an extent that, uh, you know, look, you can't watch the Champions League without uh, feeling a sudden urge to go and uh, get some Gazprom. You know what I mean? It, it, we know we know commercialism is absolutely rife in football. Again, you'd be naive to um, uh, be too critical of it, considering what it has done for us in terms of players we can buy in and all that kind of stuff. But... This is next level stuff, and it just makes the game not our game anymore. I think, and I, I saw someone, I saw a lot of people talking about how it might actually finish them with football if it were to become. Yeah, you know. two, two of my mates have said that today, and I can see why. I get that. I really do get that because it just becomes a load of um, highly trained, um, um, you know, uh, elite guys in bubbles performing on a you know on big stages it's it's more like a, i don't know it's it's not football it's not it's not what we know as football and um yeah i i it, I'd could, be very... it could it could well spell the death of a lot of a lot of small clubs oh well, it will 
and and I, I think also another thing as well is I think this is probably a way of trying to get the big picture back on on the table because what was strange about the last meeting that they had where they all twenty clubs unanimously voted against it. Well, if all twenty are voting against it, what was it about in the first place then? Why were they having the conversation? It, that doesn't that that didn't that didn't register. Well, sorry, that didn't make sense to me. Why would clubs be putting forward? Because the, obviously the big six wanted this. The top nine clubs as such wanted this. Yeah, you, yeah. They yeah. all wanted it. There's no doubt about that. They all wanted this. Yeah. So why is it then that they all suddenly voted against it? Because well, there's something there's going on. Well, it, it it did turn out, didn't it, that there was a lot of shades of grey in terms of the financial packages that would have been offered to the other clubs. Um, in other words, to kind of take the hit, uh, there would have been certain compensations. And I guess maybe they got rolled back on and people said, oh, you're taking the piss now. Who knows about the exact details? Um, no doubt people like uh, over the next while, people like Mo Chatter will put shows together on it. Um, more details will emerge, I guess, with time. But well, there's something I picked up in, uh, when I was looking through it that, that again, didn't sit well with me was they, they said they wanted to play pay the lower leagues £250 million pounds yeah. and, or 25% of future um, TV deals. Um, that 25%, what happens if a future TV deal goes to pay-per-view, which now looks like they're going to be pushing? How are they going to get 25% of the pay-per-view figures? Because that pay-per-view figure will be... The, these clubs are going to then start wanting to say, well, because we hold the power now, that you know we've got the votes, they're going to turn around and say, well, we're going to have the pay-per-view figures where it's going to be just for our, our own pay-per-view setup. So we don't have to give anybody else any money. So 25% of suddenly what was a big pot could suddenly be a very tiny pot very quickly. And again, yeah. the, the lower league clubs will be up shit creek. So there was a lot about the big picture that was that again didn't sit well with me. There's a lot of it that that was that seemed to be quite good. It was about you know protections and making sure you know that these clubs survived. Um, but a lot of it, you know, was yeah, I'm not sure about this. I'm not sure about this. Look, self-interest is gonna is gonna always prevail. Um, there are no um, philanthropic club owners. They're there to make money. That's a fact. You know. Can I, can um, I, can I come back to one thing though, Trev? For, sorry, before you move on. Yeah. Um, what I don't understand is, um, again, I did another show last night when this just came up. When this came up, um, is so much of it is quite laudable. What they're trying to say, yeah, look, we want we want to basically protect the lower leagues. We want to make sure they get this amount of revenue. So they've done all these things where it's like you know maybe seven of nine points out the years. Yeah, agree with that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, agree with that. And at the end, they've just basically gone, oh, can we have more power than everyone else? What? No. And that seems to be what's happened. It just seems totally unnecessary to me. Yeah, but but then you see, Carl, it's like everything else. It's like an awful lot of the things that you know you you would you would see currently going on in 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 the world. You might say, "Well, this looks like a really wonderful movement, um, looking to preserve and protect the, the 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 climate or the environment or whatever." And as you say, seven out of nine boxes, tick tick tick. This is wonderful. Absolutely, save the pandas. Well, hang on, what? 
the last one is hang on what and oh, by the way, you know you never win in the league ever again because you're never going to break into this elite is that okay that's that's it and it's 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 such it's such a, a, a kind of a you snap your neck actually twi- twisting around going hang on what 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 that doesn't make any sense so look, look it, it, you know I guess what I'm saying is you you give a lot of a lot of little small carrots and then there's a big stick at the end. I don't I, I don't see it as being a um a thing that was intended to be anything other than self interested and uh, that's how I'd see it. Um, I want to talk about my wife. I don't I don't, recall, I don't recall agreeing to that. Yeah, exactly. I want to talk to you briefly about another thing that's coming up. I mean, again, it, we've we've seen bits and pieces in the news today. You'll have seen. Um, Andy Burnham um, with his live reaction to the money that's been proffered there. Uh, we all know we've gone to level five in Ireland again, um, which means that they're going to be uh, paying out a fortune to people, um, uh, which you'll have to get paid back and business are going to close. It's going to be a financial shit show, uh, but it's grand because we'll, we'll be open again for Christmas. We can get pissed and then go into lockdown again in January. Fair and that's play, what guys. you people like, isn't it? Yeah, so that's what you that's what you lot like. Um, but my point is, my point is, it, it it is it is a financial shit show ahead, and people are 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 already really struggling, and they're going to have to batten down the hatches further. Against that backdrop, speaking of cynical decisions, speaking of tone deaf bullshit, we have our pals and their pay per view that Cam mentioned. This concept of the pay-per-view which has started already people paid 14.95 last night to watch that shit match or the night before whatever it was monday night football 47 people (laughs) yeah yeah now here's the thing um i can see a million different ways that these people could go about tailoring and packaging with their current um with their current model that they've got just tweaking a little bit and saying hey trev you're a Liverpool fan, and I know you don't really like watching other lads' football. You tolerate it when the Reds are playing them, but you're not really allowed to sit and watch four matches back-to-back on a Sunday. How about I let you pay for all Liverpool's games? I'll go, yes, please. Thanks very much. That'll be less than my Sky subscription for the year, and I get to see every Liverpool game. I'm a happy camper. I think there would be hundreds of thousands of people just like me, but no, they don't want to do that. They don't want to do that. They want to ring the last little bits of blood from a stone that aren't there. It is fascinatingly tone deaf, Cam. I don't get it. What are they even thinking in this in this in this climate of all times? It's just pure greed. There's 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 nothing else you can say about it. The the, the expression football is nothing without fans, and yet football does not care about fans. They're just, they just they purely want to bleed them dry. They they know they have a product that people want, and they're just about exploiting it for every bit of last blood that it can give, and 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 that's all it comes to. Nothing more, nothing less. It's just greed, money. Well, the the dark part of me, uh, the 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 tinfoil hat part of me, starts thinking now against the background that we have. We have this, like I say, uh, this floated idea of what would be essentially a, a television product. That's what it's going to be. Um, and we have no fans and grounds. 
And in some ways, I guarantee you there are people that that suits down to the ground. That absolutely suits them. Squeeze the punters at home. Squeeze them a little bit more. Who gives a shit? Keep the thing going. You know, that uh, at its worst, at its darkest, I worry about shit like that because I worry about decisions being made in, in, in that regard. You know, um, I mean, Carl, just to get your take on this thing as well. I mean, I don't know what you do, right? I'm a dope. I pay for everything. Um, because I don't have good internet coverage, as we know famously. So I have to pay for all these subscriptions um, so that I can get to see my team. And I don't watch about a tenth of the other stuff. I don't even watch a twentieth of the other stuff that I'm paying for. Um, do you, first of all, what do you think about alternative ideas? Uh, and second of all, then react to the general, the whole idea of ch- uh, charging for games on top of having to have paid a subscription in the first place i mean that that's it you've just summed it up there yeah we already paid once but can you pay again for your game please well surely i've paid enough and the whole point of having a subscription is i get to see games yeah and um what is particularly galling about this is because it was such a nice thing to do when the nation needed football when they all agreed and said look you know what everything's free every game we've all deserved this we all want to see footy back and we don't want you know Sheffield United against Burnley isn't going to get any, any coverage normally. But you know what? We're going to give it to you because this isn't nice what we're going through. Have, they have this. And then it's like someone, I wrote about this last week, it's like walking into Utopia and thinking, this is brilliant. And then someone presents you with an invoice at the end. I think, well, wasn't that brilliant, was it? Um, and I, I don't think, I, I get my, I mean, I've, I'm the same as you. I've got Sky, I've got BT Sport because when I first moved into this flat, I was working as a freelance journalist i don't like saying the word journalist because that implies that i i did something other than give my views over just what i do uh but you know but i was i was covering stuff so i needed to, you know i needed to know who was playing for burnley second 11 and stuff like that and it's just unnecessary i think and it's just another way of sky, sky i mean sky did it initially when they you know firstly you have to pay for your tv service which i can understand and then suddenly became Skybox offers. Then, then the box, and you know, you think if you're buying Skybox and or whatever the equivalent is, then you think you've got you've got the fights. No, because the big fight is more than that, which makes you think. Well, what's so basically what you're saying is your main product is substandard. All the really, really big stuff that you actually pay to see, you don't, you're not, you're not getting anymore. And I don't understand that to be honest. And this, I'm sound like I'm, I'm moaning and I'm, you know, I'm anti-progress, and I'm not at all. It's I don't like basically someone sitting in an office and thinking, what can we get them to buy next? What will they, what will they stomach? What will they take? And, and again, I said this last week, I remember saying to myself, the second Liverpool, sort the second Liverpool tickets go over 20 quid, I'm out. Can't do it. I'm not going to pay over 20 quid a game. And then years later, when away tickets were capped at 30 quid, I left like a salmon because you do accept it. You do go bit by bit and think you do betray what you originally said. If you set a level, and think right. I'm not going across that because they're taking the piss now. At some point, you will you will cross that line, and they but they just keep pushing the line, and that's the annoying thing. Well, the bastards know that we want to see our team, so we've oh, got a situ- we've got a situation here now. Um, like we're not going to get into this conversation. We'll do maybe a, a, a special show on it, um, I, and we'll do it very soon. Maybe next week, the week after, on alternative ways um, for. Well, we'll surely we're doing international break because we haven't had one since Saturday. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, but we will do a show and a section on it about alternative ways for people to watch games, um, just in case uh, that will be a conversation of interest. Because I know I will be doing it very soon. Crap, crap, internet or not? Because we've got a situation at the weekend where Liverpool's game is the pay per view game, and that means I can't see it. And there was a chance that even if it wasn't Sky, I'd have gotten on one of the uh, Irish versions of, you know, Satanta or the, the, the one of the down the line BT's channels somewhere. But no, there's no chance. So I'll have to watch it on epoxy. Uh, <laughs> Who remembers the rack goals? Iraq goals, no. Yeah. Don't remember that. And every single game, it was great. With that yeah. bit commentary. I love the rack goals. Well, all oh, our, yes, yes, yes. All our pals in, in America and Canada have all the games all the time for yeah. their subscription. Uh, their ESPN or DACN or whatever it happens to be, they get to see all the games. It's absolutely farcical, a farcical situation, what we have going on at the moment. Speaking of farcical situations, we need to talk about the Derby. And can I, can I do one, one quick thing, though, because in case I forget to say it at the end, if you, are, if you don't like what's going on with this and you think, right, no, I'm not paying 15 quid. Yes, I can afford 15 quid. I'm not going to do it. I absolutely refuse to do it. Can I ask you to donate that £15 of food support, fan support and food banks, which yeah. is a, a Liverpool and Everton initiative? Yeah, lots of people, lots of people are doing that. I see that on Twitter most days, and it's a, it's a solid idea. Um, if people, if people are in a position to do that, and they're they're refusing to pay it from for moral grounds or or for 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 um for reasons other than the fact that they can't actually bloody afford it, which will be the reason for a lot of people. Um, here's my token, Trev. I think you'll like this. Give the money to people, not to lizards. Yes, I'm. I'm all into that. I'm all into that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's very good. It's very good. I'll, I'm going to give you David Ike's number later on. You, can, you guys, you guys can have a chat. Um, we want to talk briefly about what happened at the weekend, and I'm just looking at the clock. I think we we've got about 15 on minutes, um, and we can have a quick look forward. There's no point talking about Ajax, which happens tomorrow night. Um, but we can talk a little bit about uh, what's to come up as well. Let's not uh, upset people by going into forensic detail about whys and wherefores. On, uh, and we've all done it to death at this stage. But I, I did, the, the thing that I do want to talk about is the thing that was still only happening last night as I wandered into the room and <laughs> the subscription that I'm paying allowed me to watch 10 minutes of the Wolves game um, to catch at the end uh, Jamie Carragher um, making a making Connor Cody feel uncomfortable. Um, but the, offici- the officiator at that game was Mr. David Coote. You mentioned him earlier on, Cam. He was the guy driving the VAR bus Um on the derby and guess who was in the var bus uh last night it was the guy, the, the guy who was driving the uh the referee bus uh on on uh, mr michael oliver uh, in the derby so it was i thought almost like a symbolic fuck you on the back of what had happened um i don't often finish games in fact i don't i've never finished a game cam i'll start with you seeing as you brought it up I've never finished a game where I thought we was robbed and I thought there was some sort of sort of general overarching, you know, what are they doing to us? I'm not that guy. I don't I don't go in for all that bullshit. I really don't. Which, but which is weird, a, you're the most conspiracy theorist led man I've ever met. <laughs> well, I, I'm a, I'm a conspiracy realist. We'll talk about that again. Realist. Uh, 
Oh God! Yeah, it's a fact. It's a fact, Carl, and, and only only the ignorant deny it. Uh, so what? what on about Roswell again. What? What I, what I do want to what I do want to say here is I felt at the end of the game that the 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 the, the, the decisions had been so egregiously awful that it almost felt as if there was an agenda there for Liverpool not to win the game. Because when you think about the nature of the goal that ended the game or should have been the winner, with it going off Pickford's hand in the most absolutely perfect justice manner ever. Uh, But again, that's ruled out for a silly, silly reason. I don't know, Cam. I felt I the first time in my life I felt really furious. I felt as if we'd been robbed, and I felt as if someone was doing us dirty. I have to say. Yeah, I think you, me, Carl, Guy, and every other Liverpool fan felt the same, and every opposition fan would have been rejoicing as if they'd won the league themselves. Um, it was a shocking, shocking decision. Um, Nobody in their right mind can can actually say that Mane was offside. I think this business of drawing lines and everything, it's just farcical because you can't actually confirm with the frame when the ball is exactly kicked because when when they show those stills, the, the ball is a blur. So you don't know if it was kicked a tenth of a second earlier or a tenth of a second later because the still is never going to be perfect. So then to say that a sleeve is offside of which you cannot score with, from my understanding. I, I mean, I, I posted something in the WhatsApp group about the apparently now the top part of the arm does not count towards... Um, it does now count towards offside. It, it, it's really bizarre. So does that mean you can now score with the top part of your arm? So that's Look, not a handball anymore. I it, get the, I get the I mean, idea. What, yeah, but what I want to quickly say on this is, here's, here's, here's one for you. Something I did, I, I looked up. The Football Association in 1863, they, conduct, they made 13 rules, laws of the game. And they could fit that on a one page of A4. 13 rules or laws, yeah? We now have 16 rules or laws. Guess how many pages? Well, Over 100. <laughs> and, and that goes back to, what I, to my opening uh, quote. Football is a simple game complicated by man. And this is what happened now to football. They've overcomplicated the rules. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get... Every little thing right. Okay, you you check the goal. You check a goal if it's offside. Well, what about the plays where the linesman flags? It's not offside and and a team could have possibly gone on to score and he's got it wrong. You can't flag then. You've got to let the play go on because we need to know if the goal would have been scored because it could have been a goal that would have been correctly scored because the linesman's got it wrong. So why ha- why bother with a linesman now then to flag for offside? We don't need linesmen to flag for offside. We have VAR to check for offside decisions now. Surely. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. we do, we do, but those those rules and those laws that you spoke about, the problem is the implementation of them. The yeah. the, te- the the technology we're talking about isn't the problem. Don't be wrong. It's, it's well, the there is, there is a problem with the technology with those lines they're drawing. Well, That's the only problem. it's it's the implementation of the technology. It's yes. the it's, right. and 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 I I've said it now on two different shows, and I'm going to say it again now. When they show you the red lines on the TV, and you can see Sally Omane is clearly on site according to the red poxy line. Why do they show that on television? It's like they're trolling us. It's like they're trolling the audience, saying, you know, yeah, look, he's all right, he's all right. And then for some reason, no, your man's doing a bendy line around him, often Stockley Park or wherever, and uh, the thing is ruled out. But, you know, that isn't the real problem. The real problem on the day wasn't the fact that we were robbed of a goal because, you know, offside decisions, we've had them go for us and against us. But the absolute shit show that happened around Virgil van Dijk's injury is absolutely embarrassing and there were contradictory things coming from pgmol and the fa and there were contradictory things coming from everybody's mouth mike riley was saying something the 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 people involved were saying something else they did review it they didn't review it they can't even lie straight they can't even lie straight and this is what really infuriates me as a as a football fan mm-hmm. uh, and it gets back to what you were saying it's over complication but the real reason for the over complication of that decision and so many others and i've been saying it from minute 1 is that it's protection for the boys there is no reason and carl i'm going to bounce this one off you there is no reason why the people who are in stockley park could not be an independent entity who are trained specifically to judge where the freaking armpit is and to follow a set of rules there that Cam's talked about, that they sit up all night and swat like good little boys and girls and learn it. And therefore, they are an independent, and they don't have to worry about protecting um, Mike Riley or protecting uh, Michael Oliver. And they, in fact, it's not in their interest or in their uh, sort of perceived loyalty to do it. They just do their job. And all of a sudden then the thing is a a hundred times better because so many of these really dodgy decisions have come from protecting the referee. That's why the clear and obvious bullshit is there. That's why that's there. What do you think? I've got some views on on all of this, um, including the freak. Firstly, when VAR came in, it was not designed to be the Warren Commission for shit referees. And I'll go back further than the game about this. This is when, I can't remember who the referee was now, but the lad who sent off Christensen of uh, Chelsea when he brought down Sadio. I mean, the, the lad's pretty much started walking. He's gone straight away. That's a, and of course I know it's a red card. He's cleaned through and I've took it, taken him down. The referee didn't do it. The referee stood and waited until someone else made that decision. That's a really dangerous thing to do because that's mm. basically saying, lads, I'm winging this. And if someone else is going to take the responsibility, I'd rather you had a go at David Coote rather than me. And that's awful. And Michael, Michael Oliver is supposed to be the best referee in the league, by the way. Mm. Uh, and he was just so poor. The, the other thing I want to say about, about, the, um, about the, the offside thing is because um, someone said this on the show I was on yesterday. What advantage has Sadio got? What, even, if, if, even if his fingernail's offside, what advantage does he have against Everton there? Because he's, he's ahead of the play, but he's actually got to go back around to hit the ball anyway, which is what he did. Mm-hmm. And people are going fingernail, oh, well, he's bound to score, isn't he? I mean, the, VR well, can be a good thing. The only it. advantage you could say is 
the advantage was he actually had an assist. So that is an advantage. Whether you like it or not, he, he had an assist from, from that position. But he was in that position because it was good play from himself. He was the coming fact, back, yeah. Yeah, he was coming back into play. Um, wouldn't you love? Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you both love to think that we could do a really simple thing here? And tell me if I'm being naive, but where we have a situation where if any part of the player is onside, then they're onside. Wouldn't that be a much nicer way to do things? Wouldn't yeah. that be in the spirit of the game and giving uh, the attack the, the advantage to the attacker or the, the you know the that old truism that's always been around football? Wouldn't it also be a bit more sort of exciting for people? And and if you had a, a couple of dodgy calls there, I think his toe might be just on. To, you know, whatever. But wouldn't that be much easier instead of saying sorry, part of your body is and part of your body isn't, you are therefore punished. It, it to me, it's absolutely it's joyless. Levels on, isn't it? Levels it's, on. But it's, it's not anymore. No, it's not anymore. But this is fucking joyless. And, and and lads, I ran around the room like a demented lunatic celebrating Henderson's winner, which is what it was. And they took it off us. And I've been saying that since minute one with VAR as well. It is drying the fucking joy out of the game. Just to go back to what you're saying, you know, you you, you think conspiracy because. Um, you know, if if there's one bad decision per game, you think unlucky, but they were just throwing them at us. It was just ridiculous. And one thing that I mean, I feel bad saying this because I know it sounds ridiculous, but when they uh, when when they took the goal off, I just thought someone in VAR, I don't know who it is, has just decided a draw is a fair result here. Yep, someone decided that it had nothing to do with the lads on the pitch. Someone just said, do you know what? That's a bit cruel on Everton. 2-2. And that is where the game goes wrong. 100%. That's, that's exactly, again, that's implementation of the technology. It is being used. It's, it's contextual refereeing is what it is. Yeah. And, if that happens, and, by the way, that's a goal. Absolutely no doubt. If, if Say again, if what? If that, if, that, if, that, if, that's a, if that incident happens, say, the 44th minute, that's a goal. Of course it is. It happens in injury time. Suddenly someone's got a problem. Yeah. And, and that's me that. And again, that, that, that idea of the, the, the contextual decision making, um, the idea of evening things up or making a call that, you know, it just seems I don't know. I, I have terrible, terrible suspicions about what's going on there. I find it I find it very awful. Um, I want to talk to you briefly about um about Virgil van Dijk's injury not to get gloomy about it but actually our old pal the stuffed shirt the record signing for the athletic Mr Alan Shearer was talking about him and I I didn't think Alan Shearer was ever going to offer me consolation about anything but he did point out in fact that he had suffered the same injury as uh, Virgil and that when he came back from it and he said it's not like it was in the 80s or whatever. He says um, an anterior cruciate ligament injury is no longer career threatening like it was in the 80s and before. He says, I came back from mine and immediately had the best three goal scoring seasons of my life. I still have to manage my right knee with stretches and weights and I keep it strong, particularly in the winter when the, when the cold gets to it. But since the operation, I've never had a problem. And again, 
the first thing I think that um, the a couple of people have have been told afterwards after this uh, this um, operation is right. Your knee's stronger now than it was before, and you know what a mentality giant uh, Virgil Van Dijk is going to be. I have to be incredibly optimistic. I couldn't believe Cam the amount of people who were saying, "Oh, that's it. It's all over now." It's all over. It's all over. All right, no more title. No more Virgil. He'll never play again. I mean, it's 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 it's, it's a remarkable sort of a, um, a trip switch that people have to go straight to the absolute gloomiest possible outcome, isn't it? Well, this is the first I've heard this because um, I'm not on uh, social media at the moment. So uh, good lad. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've not been on for a couple of months now. I mean, I did post something, a couple of things in our uh, Instagram account. Uh, one was a VAR video, which was quite, which is worth a watch. Uh, right. um, but um, yeah, if you if you believe uh, with modern science and um, capabilities that Virgil is never going to play football again, then um, you better move to America and vote for Trump. Please, you know? please don't even say those words as a joke. That's, that's an interesting leap you've made there. What's the what's the association you're making? Of there it? isn't. I just I just think anyone who's voting for Trump is just daft. And if you think Virgil is never going to play football again, you're just daft. So um, the knee is a robust part of the body. Um, not that I'm trying to compare myself in any way, shape, or form to. Oh, here we go. To Virgil, I tore I tore my cartilage. I had an operation, and the the surgeon said the same thing. He goes, "Your your cartilage is now actually stronger than what it was before." It, it, they it, they genuinely do say that. So, um, with the money that Liverpool have got invested in Virgil Van Dijk, because he is an asset to the club, you think that he's not going to recover and he's not going to get the best treatment and the best physiotherapy afterwards and recovery and the best training program and there's no way he will be rushed back it will be done in such a way that he will come back even better and I think from a couple of the quotes I've seen today um, I, I saw the Gini quotes of one on the LFC website and you can tell there's a bit of anger there I played him for that. I really respect these. And Hendo as well. You know, there's 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 um there's a bit of anger running through through the boys. And they couldn't they're sleep. gonna be galvanized with this. Yeah. You know, they're gonna come they're gonna come out firing. They're gonna be really, really strong. Yeah, we I mean uh, we I can remember we did a pod once and uh we said uh who, who do you think is the most important player now at the club? And you both said Alisson. I said it was Virgil. And I still stand by that. For me, he is the most important player at the club because what he does is he he provides that comfort in front. But knowing he's got Alisson behind him, I get that. But he provides the comfort for the midfield, knowing that if we mess up or for Joe or, or Joel or or um, uh, Robbo, who's beside him, that knowing if we fuck up, Virgil's there. And it's huge. Now, others have got to step up. They've really got to step up now. And um, we're going to find out now 
how good a team this Liverpool team really is and how much it is about the system that we play or how much it is about the individuals. And it's going to be fascinating to, to say. Who do you go with really briefly? Who do you go with? We know that Joel's made of crisps and he's out for the game against Ajax. Yeah. Poss- possibly could be back in the reckoning. Let's just assume that the guys that we have are available. Who do you go with between now and Christmas or now in January when we have potential to maybe uh, boost the squad a bit? Well, what's going to happen now is uh, I think they'll uh, rotate between the three centre-backs who were the second, third and fourth choice which will be Joel, Joe and Fabinho. Um, I think you'll have then the midfield will be everybody obviously except Fab. Um, I was looking at the figures for last season. Uh, Joel played nine games uh, in the league. Uh, Joe Gomez played 28 and Lovren played 10. So Lovren, as fourth choice, actually played more games than Matty in the league last season or came on, or whatever, however it was between the two of them. Um, Yeah, that tells me that the club should have realised as well that whether it's easy or not, they should have been looking to get a fourth centre-back into the club because... I think they have, you know. I I, I think they have looked, but they just couldn't get what they they wanted. They couldn't get what they wanted. And, you know, and and fair enough, they, they they made a decision that Fabinho will be the fourth choice. And that's how we got to roll with it now. And he's good. And he's good. And look, the thing about it is the other horrible, horrible downside to the weekend was um, that Richarlison acting the rat and taking out um, Thiago, who had been so inspiringly good, I have to say, um, in his involvement... His involvement in that goal that sh- that was the winner um, was just typical of it. That's, that pass was just outrageous. Yeah. Um, and uh, we hope to see uh, him back playing very soon because that will mean it's simple then because it will mean that Fabinho can be in- involved in that rotation. Otherwise, um, things could start to get quite hairy quite quickly. Carl, what about yourself? Is there, what, 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 what do you see as the, is there a, a definitive um, pairing or are we, is it just a matter of we can't actually rely on guys because we don't know whether they're going to be crocked or not? I don't know. And to be honest, all, the only way I'm looking at the whole season is we're going to be all right because we've survived without Virgil van Dijk before. Um, uh, I wouldn't have sold Lovren, but, you know, I just wouldn't. But, you know, here we, we're here and I've, we've got the right people in place below board level <laughs> to, to, to be okay. Um, I, I think we'll be fine. I know Matt, Matty hasn't gone to Amsterdam. I know that, but uh, Gomez and Matt would be fine. And uh, I, I wouldn't mind having a look at Reese Williams anyway for the minor games. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see, I'd love to see B- Billy Comedio. I have to say. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm happy with that. I just, I just, I, the guy is, he's such a, he's such a, such a unit. And, um, if he's, if he's, if he's a ball, a baller as well, it would be tremendous to see. Um, just a, one of those inspirational, uh, kids coming into the team doing well, but I don't know how close he is, to be honest. Uh, and I do, I don't see any way that we don't move in January, even if it is just a sort of a, a, a patch, um, until, uh, until the end of the season. I don't see any way that that, that doesn't happen. Would have to be a homegrown player. Well, I'll tell you who it won't be. It won't be whoever Jamie Carragher is shouting the odds about Upa Meccano or whoever yeah. on, on, on Sky. I mean, what the hell? Jesus Christ. Like, I mean, yeah, does he uh, not realise those quotas? And we currently have a, a full squad of uh, um, 
foreign players. We can't We've go got, any more foreign. It has got, to be, yeah, we, unless we got rid of a foreign player. That's right. Someone we yeah. need to deregister someone. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, look, I mean, let's... let's I let's, see that Carrick did his research stuff. Well, doesn't he always? That's, again, that's more of the laziness that comes with being a good sky man, as far as, I, as, far as I'm concerned. Um, we do have a game at the weekend, which is Sheffield United, the aforementioned pay-per-view bloody thing. Um, we'll all find ways to see it, no doubt. I mean, I have to go... I have to make it my business to see it, because be, I'll be doing Raw straight after it anyway. Um well, I won't be paying the fourteen ninety five. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't subscribe to Sky, so I, I can't watch it anyway. That way. Well, regardless, we won't put ourselves in the spot and talk about how we're going to do it. We'll do that in a later date if this thing continues. Um, but I, I do want to just briefly look at it. Um, he's a guy I have to say I have an awful lot of time for is uh, their manager. Um, I, I think he, what he's doing, he's doing the right way. Seems to be a good lad. And uh, we now have an ex-red in their ranks. Carl, how do you fancy us going in that game? I mean, Cam's right. There's a lot of anger there. It, it, it's hard to see us doing anything other than um, giving them a bit of a spanking. But then I did say that before the Everton game again. I fully, I fully thought we were going to give them an awful torrid time, and we kind, we we kind two <laughs> 0 in in twelve minutes with ten men. We kind of pretty much did. Um, so I, I would, I would, I would see that continuing. Yes, there'll be a lot of long balls floated in diagonal balls trying to uh, isolate Trent and Joe Gomez um, we've seen that before but if we if we come up with a plan to deal with that if we can get some sort of defensive solidity I think we're going to be okay and I do think we're going to be angry and even if we do start conceding goals there may be a return to the old kind of we'll get one more than you you fuckers yeah I, I th- to be honest I think it's not going to be an issue now I think I think we win that game because we haven't won the last two and we're going to be all right. I think I think we win that game. I think we win quite a few now. We, we've, we've had a really hard start. Chelsea, Arsenal, Everton. And, you know, two of those have been away. I think I, I think this is where we start getting points back. Yeah, but we've played well in every single game except for that Villa um, uh, uh, catastrophe. Um, I, we, I need we, it because of that Villa game because we can't be that bad ever again. Yeah, we, we we were the better team in, in all the other games as well. So I, I I have literally no fears about us going forward. I fully expect us to win a trophy this season as well, lads. I have to say, I want to get that's where I want to finish on this show is like um, the overall picture. Like I know Carl, you must have been absolutely wincing at the amount of runners because I was um, <laughs> in the immediate aftermath. Um, I couldn't I couldn't get over. Oh, that's it. League gone. League's gone. Um, I, Jesus Christ! I mean, have you not watched this team? Do you not know this manager? Have you not seen these players? Have you not like, seen Everton and Villa. Just watch the game and what have you know? It's not. It's not about blind faith. It's been proven to you week in, week out for three years now. Um, I see us winning a trophy. I just do, and I have. A, I have a feeling my guts about it. Um, I have had for the last two seasons, and I've been right. Um. I want to get a take from 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 both of you just to finish on it on a know whether it's upbeat or not. What's what's your take, Cam? Do you do you, how do you yeah optimism for the rest of the season for us achieving something? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I think what we'll see is, uh, first thing I didn't say, which I quickly want to say is I think we'll see a, a formation change now that Virgil's gone. I should have said this. I think we'll be looking more four two three one. 
and then the two and the three will suddenly come back. Uh, two of the three will come back to the two, and we'll go four, four, one, one. Uh, right. I can see, I can see something like that being done to help protect the defence as well more. So, yeah. but quickly going back to uh, what you said, uh, I said it before, I'll say it again. I really want the FA Cup. I really, really want the FA Cup, and I want the league again. I want us to retain the league. Um, I want people to know. Uh, I want to show now, especially all those who were saying, well, you wouldn't win it without Virgil. Well, we're going to find out now. We nearly won it with Martin Skirtle. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I love him. I, I, how are you, what, about, what, what about you, Carl? Um, optimistic about the, the chances of, of a pot? Always. Always. Absolutely. No runners. Liverpool are going to win something. Liverpool are the greatest team in the, greatest team in the world. From Jurgen Klopp downwards. Oh, slightly, slightly embarrassed about the rest of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just being petty, Carl. You're just being petty. <laughs> Look at the yeah. good they've done. Look at the good. There, there, there is a tremendous amount of that camp. We have to, we have to absolutely yeah. acknowledge that. Right, thank you. I'm going to ring you when we're playing Kolkata away on a Tuesday night uh, and say, where are you watching the game, mate? Because it's coming. He's going to say, I'm in Kolkata. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got, I've got. It's very bad Punjabi to. Yeah. You take Bali with you, and Downey's just swearing at people while he thinks he's asking for biscuits. I've got, I'm going winding all those panchards right up. Underway, <laughs> <laughs> by the way, the next day. Oh God! I hope I've got those words right. Um, close, let's, yeah, close, <laughs> close. <laughs> uh, I, I no offense, man. If I really did, uh, if I really did cross the line, you're on about some Mexican or something. Don't worry. Every, everybody thinks what? Yeah, they think you're talking about some poncho or something. Yeah, there you nice. go. There you go. There you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Right, we should start wrapping it up and keep it to a tightish kind of close to the hour. Um, if there's anything last minute. Either if you want to do, we should do it now. So what about you, Carl? Anything you want to mention or plug or any last thing you want to mention that people should look out for or what have you got going on? Yeah, three things. Um, Firstly, again, reiterate, if you're not going to pay the £15 and ask you not to do that, um, then can you please give it to fan support of food banks? They're on Twitter and it's a Liverpool and Everton cross fan um, uh, innovation. Uh, I finished Narcos Mexico, by the way. Oh, good, how good it? is that? How good is that? It's incredibly good. I still think I do prefer the original Narcos, but uh, the, the scene where he meets Pablo. Magic. And I probably, you can just see him like, fuck you, no. Yeah. You know, I'll feed you to hippos. Would, would you have fed me hippos? No. Oh, thank you. No, they don't like Mexicans either. That's a great line. Yeah. Really enjoyed that. Um, uh, some green grass in the ball is, um, for some reason, we've gone on a bit of a, ne- a negative tip. I've done something this week about, um, well, by the time this comes out, you'll be able to read a piece I wrote about uh, Andreas Escobar, speaking of the Escobar family. There we they're, go. Not related, they're not related. Um, about uh, Andreas Escobar, who was killed um, eight days after the, the after Colombia were eliminated uh, from the 1994 World Cup. Um, he wasn't killed by the other Escobar, by the way. They're from the same city um, uh, because Pablo had been dead seven months by then. Um, that's a really, really sad story. But I've included a lot of history about, about Medellin, where he's from, and and you know how he was born into that sort of area. And the other thing I've done, I've just done a podcast for Sherlock uh, from Adler to Amberley, where we've just looked at uh, what story have we just done? The Barrel of Coronet. 
um, with a man called Rob Nunn, who's a very nice man from um, Illinois. Um, and uh, that'll be out soon as well. Lovely. Plenty of Carpathian uh, delights for people to get their ears around. Cam, uh, what have you got to finish us out with? Or have you got anything you want to plug or that you're going to be involved with? Uh, no, just a couple of things. Um, firstly, a Netflix recommendation. Oh, yeah, go for it. Um, I told you guys this earlier in the week. Um, the Trial of the Chicago 7. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's absolutely brilliant. It really, really is. Um, I will be watching it again this week. It's Aaron Sorkin, it's, isn't it? It, it is, is Aaron Sorkin, Sorkin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and um, it's it's just brilliant. Done. It's got, uh, oh, what's his name? Um, Sasha Cohen. Is it Sasha Baron, Cohen? Sasha Baron Cohen, yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen, that's it. And he, he's, he's superb in it. I mean, he was in The Spy as well, which are, again, a Netflix uh, drama. And I thought that was brilliant. I thought he, I thought he deserved an Emmy for that. I thought he was that good in that. So, uh, yeah, so watch the trial of the Chicago 7. And I've got a bit of a humorous quote to finish with. Lovely. Um, so, life is like a willy. Sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down. But it won't be hard forever. <laughs> it's so obvious and yet it's so good. I love it. I absolutely love it. <laughs> I think, I think I need to learn Punjab, those Punjabi swear words. I'll pass them on to you later on, Paul. <laughs> I'll put them I, in the group, don't worry. I've got, I've yeah. got, a, few, I've got a few gems. Um, it's a really, there's some really filthy expressions in Punjabi. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so last thing then for me, um, I want to just let people know that um, season three of The Great Stories is currently being recorded. We have one in the can. We will have another in the can by the end of this week. Uh, we started off with uh, Nathaniel Hawthorne's Young Goodman Brown, and we follow, we're follow. we following it up with um, a Steve King story, uh, The Man in the Black Suit, which is actually a, a, his homage to um, Young Goodman Brown by Nathaniel Hawthorne. So that's a nice little thematic link there. Um, I'm absolutely buzzing about this thing and there will be an opportunity for you guys if you are listening uh to help me out with growing it um in the very near future i just want to get all my ducks in a row um and i'll be able to tell you about it and share stuff with you i don't half hour that but there will be a situation where i will be asking people for help if they can um because i do want to get this to the next level and we're we're we're, we're growing nicely but i wouldn't mind giving it a bit of a turbo boost so hopefully people will be in a position to help me do that uh, more of that anon and i'm going to finish um for this evening um by saying that there's a i'm going to play you a little clip I, I, the context of this is that we here in uh, my beautiful country uh, have moved into stage five lockdown. Um, although, of course, as a school teacher, I'm allowed to go to work and all our kids can be crammed into the little rooms together because logic. But anyway, aside from all of that, the big promise that our leaders gave us was that we'd be out in time for Christmas and we can all get nice and pissed at Christmas and then go back into lockdown for January because we're all too close together. So the logic is bananas. Um, but I do want to say thanks to Carl, thanks to Cam, thanks to Guy. Uh, this has been the Anfield Index podcast. We will be back to you next week and hopefully it'll be all of us again. Uh, in the meantime, what I want you to do is I want you to listen to this man here talking a little bit about what he likes to do on the occasional times when he goes out for a drink. I've been Trev Downey. Until we speak to you again, be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there, especially if you're going to behave like this. 
packet of peanuts. And I wouldn't be fun to drink in, but when I go at it, I do go at it awful and very hard. I do have 45 pints in, in about two hours. I'd have a packet of crips then and maybe an old packet of uh, peanuts. And I'd go for probably, and I'd have 10 more on there. And then I'd get up the following morning and morning have the fry on. And I'd go ahead again. And there'd be no fucking stuff me. I'd take the shirt of any man's back. Bastards. <laughs> Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.